Welcome back, everybody, to the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. Today, we have Beef Week. Adam, are you excited, as excited as I am about Beef Week? I'm excited about Beef Week. We've got a whole lot more uh, besides that, but it's really going to be fun. We're looking at the five, we're looking at five current beefs in sports. Yes, Five current beefs in sports. Uh, I'm, I think you're really going to get a kick out of the last one. If you listen to the Nosebleeds podcast often, then you'll uh, you'll definitely understand uh, the last beef. Uh, however, we got we got beefs. We got uh, we got a little Cincinnati Reds action. Cody Bellinger, uh, All Star voting, and of course, the NBA Finals starts tomorrow. Oh boy, Thursday, April thirtieth, the first game of the 2019. NBA Finals, but we're going to save that for last. So all you big NBA fans, hang tight, hang out, and we will get to your NBA Finals a little bit later. Before that, uh, I'd like to say that you can catch us every Wednesday, 1030-ish on Facebook Live, uh, which then gets put into YouTube and uh, Thursday mornings as well as, what else are we on? We're on you know, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, blah, 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 blah. Wherever you get a platform of podcasts, we're there. Netflix. So, Netflix. Are we on Netflix? Uh, I think if you go to Netflix and go to YouTube, can you do YouTube through Netflix? I don't think so. I don't know. Man, I don't know how We this are not works. on Netflix. Do not go on Netflix and look for us. We're not there yet. Uh, we're working on it. I'm working on it right now. Um <laughs> I'm not working on it. Yeah, it's not gonna, it's gonna we're not on Netflix. We're yeah, not on Netflix. I just, just wanted to there. throw it in there. Not there. So anyway, uh, so so Adam, uh, we the Nosebleed Sports Podcast this week is brought to you by. It's brought to you this week and every week by training personally. No matter your level of fitness, Chris, if you like to be challenged, you want the benefit of working with a personal trainer without the cost of one. Training personally with Peggy Edwards is where you need to visit. Training personally is interval circuit training for all levels with a personal trainer at your pace on your time. Peggy Edwards, owner-operator, keeps workouts safe. She keeps them fresh, always changing them up. She keeps them super fun. Visit Training Personally on Facebook, Instagram, and on trainingpersonally.com. Christopher, you have uh, another uh, friend yeah. of ours. Yeah, I'll tell you, uh, you know, we... Uh, here at the at the Wit household, uh, just outside of Rum Dum Studios, is uh, a, an outdoor pool in which my kids love to swim at. Uh, and in the summertime, mosquitoes can get a little bad. So what do we do? We call Ohio Mosquito Control. You can get a hold of them at ohio-mc.com uh, at Ohio Mosquito Control. They offer quality service through the Cincinnati area at responsible at reasonable prices. They're family owned and operated. Uh, professional mosquito control take care of all those little pesky bug bites. Uh, the it, may, it, it takes a few a few uh, a few attempts. The first time you you kill just about every single one of them. The second time they're gone, and from there on out, dude, it's a uh, it's bite free summer, which is phenomenal. So go to ohio-mc.com. It's Ohio Mosquito Control. Uh, they are the pest of the pest. I dream of a bite-free summer. Yes. Well, hey, all you got to do is make a phone call okay. or, or go to the website. You can schedule everything on the website. They will send you an email and a text if you want to set it up that way. When, you're, when it's coming, when they're going to be there, when they're done, they send you another one with an invoice. Good to go. Bing, bang, boom, bada, bing, did a do. 
That's very convenient. That's right. We like convenience around here. We do. Speaking of convenience, uh, how about the convenience of some of the funnest beefs going on right now in sports? Uh, so I'm, I'm going to let you choose. First off, we've got five good beefs, all right? They're, they're pretty good. Uh, I mean, we're not doing all-time beefs, so there's no Spike Lee, Reggie Miller. Right. Uh, and we're not putting Giannis and Drake in here because That's there was not, no, no beef, beef there. That no was beef. just Drake being annoying. So, <laughs> which, good night, this is going to be something. Oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm kind of happy KD's not playing game one and two. And it, he may be able to play. Steve Kerr may be sitting him out just so he doesn't have to get involved in a, in a Drake dispute on the court and mess with him. Might be the reason. Kevin Durant and Drake have already gotten into a little thing before a couple years ago. I know. And Kevin Durant famously said in the, uh, in the interview after the game, I don't give a dang about no dang Drake. <laughs> he didn't say dang. I don't, I, don't give a, quote. I don't give a beep about no beep Drake. Yeah. Um, which was one of the funniest things I've ever heard Kevin Durant say. Yeah. Um, and Kevin Durant's going to come up in just a few minutes. But first, we are going to start with a beef uh, that I just learned about a couple weeks ago. Todd Frazier. So if you're a lot of Cincinnati Reds fans are, uh, are listening to this right now, if you're a Reds fan, you were probably a pretty big Todd Frazier fan, one of the all-time fan favorites here. Now playing with the New York Mets, in between the – Mets and the uh, and the Reds though he played for the Chicago White Sox for about a year and a half for about a year and a half, and during his tenure with the White Sox he had a teammate in Adam Eaton. Yes, he did, and apparently, twenty three guys in the in the <laughs> twenty three people in their uh, in that clubhouse know that Adam Eaton Eaton did something. Adam Eaton did something. There's some something happened. Uh, in 2006, was it 2016? I think it was. They were, yeah, they were uh, teammates. They were locker mates. They were had lockers right next to each other in the beginning of the season. Right. At some point, something happened. They didn't get along, couldn't get along. Nobody really knows. Nobody will say exactly what happened. Nobody. Neither saying. guy. Nope. Something happened. They had to be separated. Their lockers had to be separated during the season. I love that. That's isn't so that great. crazy? That's it's some so that's great. some Barry Bonds, Jeff yeah. Kent kind of that stuff. That is some Barry Bonds, Jeff Kent stuff. You know, so so we don't know what it was. Right. However, Todd Frazier's not done with it. So Adam Eaton grounds into uh, grounds grounds out into a double play or something, and mm-hmm. and the whole time Todd Frazier is just getting at him. Letting from him all the way across the field, by the way. And walks all the way across the field. So at first I thought Adam Eaton got the best of this beef because immediately after the game, Adam Eaton is just calling him basically. I, he's like, I don't know what the guy's talking about. I'm just, you know, walking down to first base. You know, I'm trying to figure out what he's doing. And, you know, he, he's yelling at me. And then as soon as somebody puts, gets in front of him, then all of a sudden he's trying to come at me. I thought Adam Eaton did a good job. He had some snarky remarks. Mm-hmm. If you get a chance to go on YouTube, I strongly suggest checking it out. However, Frazier got the best of him. Fra- <laughs> he did. Frazier got the best of him. He did. Um, so they both kind of just traded jabs in the through the media. Both basically called each other immature. Uh, Frazier did say, like you mentioned, uh, you know, ask the other 23 guys in that Chicago White Sox locker room from that year. They'll tell you what what Adam Eaton's all about. Exactly. Um, and Ozzie Guillen. Did you hear Ozzie yes. Guillen got involved? Ozzie Guillen, who is part of the White Sox broadcast group, said, came out and said, uh, Adam Eaton, you know nobody. What, did, what was the exact yeah, word? Nobody Someone, liked you. Nobody in a White liked Sox you. Uniform. Nobody liked you in a White Sox uniform. Wow. 
That's big time. I mean, I, if you ask me, sounds like Frazier's, Frazier is on the good side of this beef. He now, is. Best Go. quote, though. Yes. Best quote of the beef. You got it. Adam Eaton says, look, man, you know, I'm just a grown man. You know, I got kids. I can buy a car. I got a mortgage. I'm a grown man. Todd Frazier, best best comeback. He says, listen, guys, I, I didn't want to get into this, but I heard what he had to say, and he basically said – you know, he's got a mortgage and a kid. I guess the only thing I can say is pay off your mortgage. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're a millionaire, dude. Come on, pay that mortgage off. But, yeah. What's the point? You're paying interest on something. You don't need to. <laughs> and it, so so this all happened, it was, I think, two Mondays ago. Um, there, there was also, was last season, I believe, uh, Eaton had a hard slide, injured one of Frazier's teammates. Broke Frazier, his leg. Yeah, Frazier had a lot to say to Eaton at that time. So this has been – it hasn't been – you know, two years or three years that they've been waiting. These guys haven't liked each other this entire time. And uh, Frazier hasn't been, hasn't been secretive about it. Now, what happened the next day was kind of interesting too. First of all, to the, to the mortgage situation, someone actually asked him, do you actually have a mortgage? You've made like $30 million playing baseball so far, whatever it is. He said it like three or four times. Yeah. He's got a mortgage. (laughs) He does not have a mortgage, though. He I cleared don't, it up. I don't. Uh, he I don't, doesn't have one. Then why did he say it three times? Because I don't know. It's then one don't, of those. You know what? Then you. That means that you lost this beef even more. If you can't even come out and make and, and say some some sensible things that make sense, you're you're a grown man. I understand the grown man part. You got kids. I understand the kids part. You got kids. Beef start becoming a lesser thing for you. You realize what's important in life. But don't say you got a mortgage when you're a millionaire if you really don't. You, <laughs> you don't, don't have need mortgage. that part. You don't need that part of the argument. And Todd Frazier, well done by calling him out. I'm a hundredaire. I have a mortgage. You are a millionaire. <laughs> you do not. Exactly. Anyway, the next day, though, they did. It was kind of interesting. They got together on the field before the game, and they discussed it. There was no hug. There was no smile. They, was there a dap? Was there a dap? I don't even think there was a dap. I, it was they got together. They didn't really even make eye contact much. You know, they kind of just uh, – they hashed it out, but it didn't look friendly and warm. It looked like, you know what, we're going to we're gonna uh, shelf this for a minute. But guess what? The, the, the Washington Nationals visit the New York Mets August 9th through 11th. Ain't nothing going to happen. This is over. I'm saying uh, – that's okay. why we did this beef first because I believe this beef is over. We'll see Although if that, it was really good for about a week. If we'll see if Adam Eaton makes it to third base in that series. We'll see what happens. Well, I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, I doubt it too. Not <laughs> off to a good start. Frazier might make it to second, but I don't think Eaton's making it to third. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You you so Todd Frazier, your 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 choice for the winner of that beef. Yeah. What about you? You think Frazier won that? Yeah, I would say so. I, I think Frazier. I, I, I don't know Frazier by a, I don't know by a long shot, but oh, I no, but no. I I would say it all uh, comes down to the mortgage remark and and you get extra points for he gets extra points for Adam Eaton not actually having a mortgage and saying (laughs) something that doesn't even make sense anymore. And also the the, yeah, the support from Ozzie Guillen too. Todd Frazier had that support. So that was that was pretty big. Now, let's move on to number two here. One that really had a lot of steam until a few days ago. Kevin Durant. Versus Fox Sports, Chris Broussard. Oh, yeah. This one, now this one's a little more interesting because this goes, not only is this the same as the Adam Eaton, Todd Frazier, where there's a lot of things that have been said that nobody knows about that have been 
you know, in personal meetings just between the two. But this has come out in social media. This has come out over the airwaves and live interviews. This has come out behind the scenes. You know more about it. Fill us in. Chris Broussard has his own radio show. He has been one of the more prominent NBA uh, writers for a pretty long time now. Sure. I've always been a pretty big fan of Chris Broussard. I like his stuff. I like I like everything he does in the media. He always seems to, to you know, have speak with some intelligence on the NBA and uh, have a good you know, have good inside information. Now, Kevin Durant used to be one of my favorite players. <laughs> used to be. <laughs> my man's losing 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 hype with everybody. He's he's losing a little credibility the more that he gets into it with media, the more he gets into it with refs, the uh fans, other players, uh, especially the media. I mean, he has had a what Chris Broussard calls their relationship as a love-hate relationship. Sure. Kevin Durant did not appreciate the comments that Chris Broussard made when he said Kevin Durant's uh, worst nightmare is coming true. If the Warriors win the championship without Kevin Durant on the court, those those two championships that he did win with them are going to be diminished. You're going to have an asterisk. They're, he, they're not going. I don't think they're going to be diminished. On the but but in I think it's the it, on KD's side of things you're saying like mm-hmm. like KD's uh, overall rep, not repertoire resume his 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 ending resume his saying legacy. he's got two two okay I'm I'm with you there yes it it ain't I mean the Warriors won them too they were but I agree that the the KD legacy will be tarnished slightly even more so because when he went there most people were so against that move were so upset with him for going to the Warriors, who were already the best team in the league right. and who had just beaten his Oklahoma City team in the playoffs. Yeah. So Kevin Durant responded. Didn't like it, right? Hey, understandable. Yeah. yeah. But how, it's the way that he responded. It's the way he responded. He basically said, my worst nightmare. Are you serious? That's, you know, that you think that's the worst that, uh, that's the worst that can get? Broussard comes back the next day on his show, says, look, KD and I have gone back and forth so many times. He has, we have text, he said, he, he said, we have texted for hours, for two, three hours at a time on a few occasions about basketball, life, faith, everything. He said, we have, he comes at me a lot harder in private than you even know. I'm telling you, we have had a bunch of conversations. I've heard that. Durant responded on social media, on Twitter, and said, you don't have my number, man. Or he said, hold on, he said, clap, 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 clap. Is that what it was? Is that what those are, clap? clap? Was it clap? It's, it's, no, it's cap. It's oh, cap. Cap, 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 cap. Cap, 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 cap. Which I have never heard of this before, but apparently that's a current term for lying. Uh-huh. Okay. Had no idea. So he's like a snake in the grass kind snake of Snake in the grass, right? another one yeah, of fav- yeah. KD's favorite quotes. Yeah. He called uh, C.J. McCollum that. Yeah. So, so Chris Broussard felt felt like his credibility was was being challenged there by Sure. You know, he, he Broussard's not lying about this. Right. So he came on and said exactly that. Look, don't act like I'm lying. You know that we've spoken. And then he came back on a show the next day and said, look. I have over 60 I have over 60 messages 
on Insta- between Instagram and Twitter, which, by the way, direct messages, yeah. which, by the way, in 2019 are texts. Yeah. You're, 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 yeah I, I come to figure that out. You know what? I, you know, real quick. Yeah. Apparently, Snapchat is the way kids text now. Yes. What is it? What's going on with this world? I don't know. I don't First know why off, you have to open another Chris Broussard, app. But. Kevin Durant. Let me tell you something. If y'all are texting for two to three hours, pick up the phone and <laughs> yeah. talk to each other. Because I guarantee if you went back and read those texts, it'd probably take you 10 minutes to read through it, if that. <laughs> yeah. Have a conversation, dude. It'd take way less of your time. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and apparently, well, they can't have a phone conversation because, according to KD, Broussard does not have his number. Okay, so anyway. so so that's what he when he says texting, he's talking about through through direct message, direct Whatever. messages, daggone Instagram, thing. Quit Twitter. KD, quit being such a. See, that's <laughs> right. KD. Just that's why people don't like KD. Try. Anymore, <laughs> that's why they don't like KD. So anyway, basically, Durant chat because Broussard has said things in the past and currently still continues to saying things about Durant that Durant doesn't like. Right. Durant, like he has in the past with the burner accounts that we know about and things like that. Get him out on the tweet box. He, 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 he's got to hit up social media and he's got to defend himself or be defensive about he, everything It's more say. just being defensive. That's what it is. It it's is being more being defensive. defensive. It is. Uh, if, he, if he took that defensive mindset onto the floor, he'd be an even better player. Now, <laughs> he's become a very good defensive player, by the way. It, it he has. I, th- I think since he started the burner accounts, it, everything in his life has become more defensive, <laughs> including his play on hey, the court. It's I guess it's worked for him. It works. Now Broussard basically ended it by by releasing a video on Twitter saying, "Look, KD has uh you know has challenged my credibility here. I just I need to respond to that. Okay, I don't want to continue this this Twitter beef or anything like that. I don't want to continue this beef." but I have to defend myself. I have to tell you, you know, I have, and that's really where he said, I have over 60 messages. I'm not, and and people were really on him about publishing them. He said, I am not publishing them out of respect to Kevin Durant. Right. Um, But I have all these, I have these here. I, I have them in my possession. I'm telling you, we have spoken a lot. He's come at me hard. I, I go back at him a little bit. We talk it. That's the way it is. But I'm going to continue to love and respect KD, and I'm going to objectively analyze his game. There's nothing wrong with that. That's what he should do. KD's going to get upset because that's just what KD does. So automatically I say KD loses this beef just because it's KD and a beef because most of the time a KD beef was started by KD. (laughs) And that's, yeah, by the way, all those messages, uh, Broussard says that KD – direct messaged him first like he initiated those com- those conversations i love i love chris broussard and i love stephen a smith because my <laughs> brothers are going to tell you exactly <laughs> what happened and don't try to call them out you better you better oh, have boy. your facts together especially stephen especially a. Stephen you better a. have your facts together if you're gonna call them out because they are going to let every listen they'll, they'll all tell you i ain't messing around i ain't going to tell anybody's business about nothing but if you come at me I'm going to let everybody know. You better be careful. Yep. Better be careful, KD. <laughs> so I say KD lost that beef. These guys are professional communicators, by I the lo- way. Oh, so yes, you're going exactly. to lose exactly. those Yeah, guys. you're done. You're done. You're done. So I, my hope is that 
Kevin Durant comes back at some point during the finals, has a great game in the press conference afterward. Chris Broussard is there, asks him a question, and they go back and forth in the press conference, and everybody gets to see it. Uh, you know what I hope happens? What's that? I hope that he says, when Chris Broussard asks him a question in the press conference, he just says, next question. Which brings us to our next beef. Our next beef, Kevin Durant's former teammate, Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook has an issue, we'll say, with a certain reporter from the Oklahoman. The Oklahoman. The Oklahoman. Please, and this is another one. Get on YouTube and look this up. What's the guy's name? Barry Trammell. Barry Trammell. Barry Trammell. No relation to Allen. No relation to Allen. No relation to Allen. Different spelling. Um, Long time report. Apparently he's been in the media for a long time. I didn't know about him until this, but he works in Oklahoma City, which I don't read any publications from Oklahoma City. So, <laughs> no reason to. No reason to. Uh, Except for the fact that you, you're you in love with Russell Westbrook. With Russell Westbrook. But yes. you can handle that through ESPN. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, anyway, this, this goes back to 2017 after a playoff game. Russell Westbrook, Stephen Adams in the press conference. Barry Trammell asks Stephen Adams specifically, Stephen, when Russell Westbrook, for the last two or three games, when Russell Westbrook has gone out of the game, has sat on the bench, you guys have really struggled. Why do you think that is? He's He kind of explained it, you know, like asked the question in more words than that. So as he's doing that, you can see Westbrook start twitching, grabbing the microphone. You can tell he's going he's gonna to jump in here. He said, hold on, Stephen. As soon as the guy got done, hold on, Stephen. Don't separate us. Don't try to separate us. Don't try to, don't try to, to, to break up our locker room. Don't try to do that. We are a team. It doesn't matter whether I'm on the bench or whether I'm I'm in the game or whatever. We win as a team. We lose as a team. Everything this we we do everything as a team. This is a team. Don't break us up. Don't try to break us up. Was it, he wasn't trying to break anybody up? He's asking an honest question. Sure. Yes. I, I kind of understand what like where Westbrook would perceive it that way, but I also don't think that he was trying to do that. Sure. So and he did. He he immediately he said, "Yeah, Russell, I'm not trying to break you up. I'm just asking, you know, uh, it's a fact. These are the facts. Yes, yes. You you sit at you whenever you go out for the last few games, they struggle. You know, you guys struggle offensively. I'm just asking, just asking. And he would not. Nope, Next question. Nope. Yeah. Next he's question. At, he's at no. I I I'm not. We're done with that question. It's not. That's it. We're a team. Don't do that to us. Ever since. Next, yeah, so he says next question. So nobody speaks up for five, six, seven seconds, something like that. Nobody speaks up. He says next question. What's going on? Next question. Nobody speaks up. So the guy still has the microphone. All right, Barry Trammell still has the microphone. <laughs> he said, and he's been, again, a veteran, longtime veteran of the media. For he's, like, gonna he's, been, he's written it for him for like 15 years or yeah. something like that. He, and he's going he's gonna to stand up for himself, right? As he should. So he says, you know what? I'm keeping the microphone. I asked Stephen Adams a question. I, if he wants to, if he wants to say I don't have an answer for that or whatever, if he doesn't want to answer, he can tell me that. I asked Stephen Adams a question. I want an I want an answer, and Russ really, really did not appreciate that. Of yes. course, I you know Russ wants to be in charge. Russ is we in know charge. that for yes. sure. So he could bully some of these younger guys, I think, or some new guys. But this dude, good for you in the media, staying your ground. You got to do your job too. Yes, yes. So and, and that's something Russell's got to got to. Remember, and he has had issues with the media besides Barry Trammell off and on for a long time. 
So this guy's just way worse. So yes, yeah, so he didn't like that at the be- so so from the very beginning he didn't like that. Now, fast forward to January of this past year, okay? He has so Russ did- in between this time, every time this guy asks Russell Westbrook a question, Russell just says next question. Next question. Next question. Doesn't answer anything. Good for this guy to continue asking really good, solid questions, yes. though, too. Yes, and he Check said it he, out on YouTube. There's a whole montage of him just asking really good questions and Westbrook just saying, next question. Next question. <laughs> next question. Um, he's going to find one, though, that really, really makes Westbrook want to want to respond, whether yep. it's angrily or happy or whatever. Sure. Now, so fast forward, January of this, this season, I think they played the Lakers regular season game. Westbrook, not a great shooter, not a great free throw shooter. Uh, struggled from the line, three of seven, I think it was, during the game, the free throw line. But got fouled shooting a three at the end of the game, made all three free throws to send that game into overtime. After the game, another reporter asked Russell Westbrook, um, you know, what, what do you think your issues are from the free throw? Why do you think you were having issues from the free throw line? Something like that, along the lines of, you know, you you didn't have a good night at the free throw line. Right. Westbrook kind of just gave a, a quick, just kind of dismissive answer or whatever. Didn't really want to deal with it. So then Barry Trammell comes in and says, okay, um, so you didn't have a great night from the free throw line. What about the three free throws that you made to send the game to overtime? What, after having a tough night from the line, what gives you that confidence? You know, where does that confidence come from? He said – Gave him another just quick, just, nah, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't want to talk about free throw shooting, basically yeah. is what he said. So Barry Trammell, and this is where he said, I'm not 100% innocent in this whole thing. <laughs> he said, so I, I, I got a little snarky and said, it doesn't sound like you want to talk about the free throws you missed or made. <laughs> Westbrook, which isn't really that big a deal. He's, but the thing was, it got a few laughs in the room. Oh, right? yeah. That's the last thing Westbrook wanted. Now he, we're he, in trouble. So he feels like he got laughed at, right? And he like he got the somebody got the best of him or he got he just got laughed at. Just stared at him. Just gave him a glare and he knew from then that was going to be it. Yep. So then he continued on and it even got worse. And you know, we saw the one um where he said where he just flat out said, "I don't like you." Yeah. I don't like you. I'm not going to answer your questions. I don't like next you. Next question, next question. Yeah. I don't like you. I don't like you. I love it. So next question on for the rest of the year. Uh, Barry Trammell is sticking to it, man. Like you said, he's not Dude, He's he not asks, backing down. He still asks great questions all the way up until the very last game, knowing Russell Westbrook's not going to answer him. Good an, for you. An interesting thing. Who? Uh, oh, go, go ahead. Uh, no, just uh, about this is he said, Barry Trammell said on a couple of occasions, like initially – I think it was from that initial press initial press conference, or maybe it was another question he asked another time. Word got back to him that Westbrook did not like the question that he asked, and he said, "I didn't even think anything of the question. It was a regular right. question." He said, "But I I pulled him. I I asked Russell to come out with me out of the out of the locker room for a minute the next day or the next time or whatever I saw him, and I apologized. I said, I I didn't know like I." I don't know what you were offended by, but I I'm, I apologize. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to right. offend you or anything. He said he shook his hand. No problem. I understand. No problem. But no, there's in the media when cameras are on, there's it's a different story. Different right, story. So who won this beef? Who's winning the beef? This one's not over. It's this not one's over. gonna go on until until Russ is at OKC, which may be another 15 years. Yep. 
We'll see uh, on Media Day in Oklahoma City in I say, uh, October. I say Barry wins. Barry's winning this. I like anybody that can just <laughs> stay stoic through the whole thing. Keep asking good questions. Do your thing, brother. I love it. It's easy to pick Barry Trammell in this one uh, because Russell Westbrook has been such a loose cannon kind of because mm-hmm. he, he gets into it with fans so often. He gets into it with other players so often. As a matter of fact, when I started researching this, I put in Russell Westbrook beef Five different names came up. <laughs> right off the bat. Five different names came up as Russell Westbrook beef to search for in Google. Um, anyway, so I think we're both going with Barry here, uh, Barry Trammell of the Oklahoman. No doubt. By the way, start looking at him. I mean, uh, read his uh, read his articles. Yeah. Support Barry Trammell. Support Barry Trammell. Even if you love Russell Westbrook, which Adam does and I do as well, Support my man for sticking with it and and not backing down to the not backing down to the superstar in the room. Good for exactly. you, brother. Exactly. That makes you a superstar in my book. <laughs> Barry, you're a superstar in my book. That's sweet. Superstar. That's a sweet. That's sweet. And it's sweet. Uh, speaking of superstars. <laughs> speaking of superstars, former superstars. That brings us to beef number four. Four. Good, because I'm really excited about beef number five. <laughs> All right, we'll make this one quick then. All right, this is the biggest one that's going on right now, right? Yeah, and we talked we talked last week so about Magician Johnson and Robert Palenka. Killing me. Uh, <laughs> Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe, Rob, Rob, Rob Lowe slash Palenka, Magician Johnson. Um, the, the backstabbing that Magic uh, accused Rob Palenka of, which is – Part, a big part of the reason that he resigned as president. It was the reason why he resigned. If you ask Magic, that was it. It was Rob. Rob was the reason. Rob was the guy who made happen. Yes. Now, so we talked about it last week. We kind of thought cause, because Magic went on uh, Stephen A. Smith's show and, and came mm-hmm. out with it, and we were surprised about how, go. how candid he was about everything. We thought I thought it was over. I thought it was over. Then a couple days ago, or maybe it was yesterday, Baxter Holmes of ESPN wrote a very long article because he dug way deeper into what has been going on in the Lakers front office. And with that whole organization, it Uh, is a way bigger mess than we even knew. We even know, like you don't even know the amount of front office people that have resigned and quit in the past year, two, three years because of all the craziness going on with the Lakers front office people, uh, coaching staff and a lot of these people remained anonymous, but a lot of these people, co- you know, former assistant coaches and former front office folks say, you know, came out and, and, and gave all this information, said, talked about the culture that Palenka and Magic Johnson were starting to build there, both, by the way, rookies in the roles that they had. So all the big decisions were being made by guys who had never been in these roles before. Magic's been around basketball. He knows how that kind of, how that kind of stuff mostly works. Right. But Rob Palenka had but he was an agent. He, was he knows an agent. some of that stuff, but not everything. So they were but now they were tasked with working together and building up this building back up this franchise, this, you know, one of the most storied organizations in basketball. Didn't work very well. Failed miserably, actually. Yes. And it's getting worse. It's getting more worse. More and more is coming out. Magic Johnson's beef with the L.A. Lakers. It's hard to call this a beef, though. I started thinking about it. I call it a beef because Magic loves the Lakers. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying it's Magic's beef with Rob Palenka. Yes. 
Um, but however, th- I got a feeling there's a little bit of Kurt Rambis involved in this. Well, first off, let me ask you a question while we're in on this. Yes. Why is Linda Rambis continuing to be thrown in this? What she doesn't even work for the Lakers. Apparently she has no she, title. I, I thought I looked it up. I don't think she has a title, does she? I don't think so, but she is very close with Jeannie Buss. And that's the thing about Jeannie Buss. She hires folks who are are close Lakers people. So she's going to hire her friends. She hired Magic Johnson, who was her friend and, right. and, and the greatest Laker of all time. Uh, careful now, Kareem. Yeah, Kareem, Wilt. Um yeah, but Wilt's not known as a Laker. When Wilt was with the Lakers, it was way later in his career. I would say Kareem. Man, Kareem was I, I, put Kareem, I put Kareem. Uh, mm. I know. It's tough. It's tough. Let's not have that it's debate right Wilt, now. It's not Wilt, though. Okay. Let's not have the debate right now. It's it's Continue. Magic is at least one of the greatest Lakers <laughs> of all time. He's, a, he's top two. Um, <laughs> he's the second best point guard of all time, but and maybe second best player in Lakers history. Um, but uh, – it's okay. Anyway, <laughs> the it, Lakers. It's been uh, one year, and he didn't even play a full year. I'm still calling him a calf. He's he's a calf, just like who's just, that? Oh, I thought you were talking about LeBron. Oh, no, I I just uh, was looking at you when I said second greatest point guard of all time, because oh, John Stockton. John Stockton. Anyway, yeah, that's right. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. All this stuff came out. Everybody everybody knows Magic as I this guy that that's that smiles constantly, super friendly. All the time. Never yep. has anything bad to say about anybody unless it's Rob Palenka. People, folks that were working under Magic Johnson, working in the front office in any in any capacity, have come out and said Magic Johnson was a totally different guy in the office when he was in the office. He was a totally different guy, was a fear monger. That, that wow. One of these, yeah, one like of these former, pl- former front office folks said he was a fear monger. He, he, would go after people. He would tell people, you know, I can replace you at any moment. You, oh, you know, that's the worst thing you can say. I, oh. he, he was, he would, he would really, really, he told Luke Walton, who he did not hire. Luke True. Walton had been hired. Um, and then Magic said, you know what? Don't worry about now. This was last season. They had just gotten LeBron James. They added four, five brand new players. All you know, these veterans didn't fit very well, that, but they did yeah, add them. No, and, and uh, there were assistant coaches that that talked about, and other front office people that talked about. Nobody understood these decisions were being made by only Magic Johnson, Rob Palenka, and LeBron James. They were. <laughs> it, they got LeBron James sign off at least. They were decisions being made by. You know, by basically those two guys without really consulting anybody else in the front office. So, which is which is okay because they're the decision makers. But it's not. It's better practice to get feedback from everybody else. None of these guys were going to fit. Nobody thought that. Even the coaching staff, guys that were on that coaching staff, came out and said. We were confused by these guys being added on. We had no clue what was going on. Didn't make sense to any of us. We didn't add any shooters. We added Rondo, Lance Stevenson, JaVale McGee, Michael Beasley. We added all these guys that didn't make any sense for what we wanted that to do That don't here. surround LeBron James the way you should. Right. So, hopefully because of that, Magic Johnson told Luke Walton before the season started, look, don't worry about it if we get off to a rough start. It might be that way. 
right? Happened in Miami when LeBron went there. Yep. Brand new team. Eight games into the season. They lost a game. Uh, I think it was maybe Sacramento, somebody. Magic Johnson went in and tore Luke Walton a brand new face. I remember hearing about that. Um, and, and was really, really on him about it. And Luke Walton and the rest of the coaching staff were like, what happened? What changed about this? I thought they were three and five. Right. By the way, they weren't zero and eight. They were three and five yeah. after eight games, which is better than which what is the, the Miami slow Heat. Start. Well, yeah, yeah, better than what the Miami Heat were back then. Yeah. You know, and whatever year that was that LeBron went there. So already they kind of knew. Even previously, the year before, Kentavious Caldwell Pope was playing for the Lakers. The year before. His uh, Rich Paul is his agent, mm-hmm. who is also LeBron's agent. Rich Paul was hanging around the team a lot. He was on the, the team flights, which apparently no agents are ever on team flights, but he was. Correct. Rich Paul was around even before, though, LeBron got there, and they already got that feeling. The The coaching staff, Luke Walton, already got that feeling like this guy's this guy is scouting, basically. He's scouting this team, scouting the coaching staff, to handle LeBron however he sees fit or to report back, basically. So there was already this thing with Rich Paul and LeBron and the whole situation of bringing in LeBron and knowing what that meant. By the way, three people in the that served special roles with the Cavs and the Miami Heat while LeBron were there are now serving these special roles with the Los Angeles Lakers. Sure. So it's it's LeBron's team. I mean, it's LeBron's team, and now that Luke Walton's gone, and now that 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 Magic's gone, and all this has come out, you might as well just say now, all right, here's the deal. I'm Rob Palenka. I'm the president now. You know what? It's already been this way. LeBron, here you go. Here's the reins. There's there's. We don't need to get into any more of this. We're gonna we don't we don't need to waste too much time. But and this isn't there's of, so much more that has come out even besides what read we the just article. talked about. Read the article; it's really good. Baxter Holmes wrote it on ESPN.com. Go check it out. It, it's going to take a long time to read it because he talked to so many different especially people. especially if you're a guy like me who's a slow reader. And me, and me. I I'm can't with read. you on that. Uh, I'm right there with you. All sight words. I just know what the word is when I see it. <laughs> Let's move on to, to beef number five. Uh, the best beef of all. We've been waiting you this whole this time. Uh, we've been waiting this whole time. The whole reason I wanted to do beef week is because the world has a beef. I'm sorry. The Pittsburgh Pirates have a beef with Derek Dietrich. That is not the beef that has made it on our list, though. The beef that has made it on our list, number five, or what I would like to call the number one beef, is Adam Schmidt, my co-host of the Nosebleed Sports Podcast, Versus Derek Dietrich of the his Cincinnati Reds. Adam, this is very simple. Derek Dietrich loves to watch home runs, and he does it when they're up 11-0. He does it when he hits game winners. He does it whenever he wants. Guess what? I love it. The world loves it. Cincinnati Reds fans love it. You still don't. What is your beef with Derek Dietrich? If he continues to hit home runs, it's harder to dislike him. He's got 17 home runs. All of last year, he had 16. Yes. 
So he already has a career high. We're a third of the way into the season, not even. Um, he's he, after last night's game, and that it, dude's chiseled out of stone. He, he is chiseled is, out of stone. He could like like I feel like Michelangelo made him or something. He's <laughs> a good looking man. He is. He is. He's. A, he's. A, I feel like they should maybe paint his jersey on him for now on. <laughs> like they do in the Sports Illustrated swimsuit editions, you know, where they you get a good looking girl, you paint it on, and so you can really see every line. Yeah, I'm I'm and in that, for that. And that is exactly one of my <laughs> one of my issues and why I have beef with with Derek Dietrich because he knows that. Yeah, he does. And he happily flaunts it. Yes, he does. He bum buttons the shirt way down. He got the chains clacking. I love it. Let the kids play. I love the <laughs> let the kids letting play. The kids play. It's let the kids I play. Ha- I He's hate a kid. that, by the way. What you hate? Let the kids play. <laughs> I hate that. Mo- yeah, I hate what? that. I hate just because you're an term. old man. No, let the kids yes, play, but- man. Let the kids play. First of all, not kids. Second of all, first of all, yeah, they're kids. You're in your early twenties. You're a kid. Derek Dietrich's not in his early 20s. How old is he? 27 or something, probably. I don't think so. I think he's like 25. That's early 20s to me. Okay. <laughs> That's early 20s to you? That's a kid to me. Let me just put it that <laughs> okay. way. That's a kid to me. That's a kid. What is mid-20s to you? Kid. <laughs> Only 26? No. Yeah. <laughs> 26 and 27. What is <laughs> – okay, never mind. Anyway. my I, I just have a thing. It It, by the way, started – if you listen to this podcast regularly, you know it started for me when he hit the when he hit the home run against Chris Archer several weeks ago now. He stood there and watched it. Batting stance guy, if you follow batting stance guy oh, on social he's got media. Some good ones. He literally laid down in the batter's <laughs> box after he hit a home run. Hey, and I've been joking about that, that that's what he did, and then batting stance guy did that. Please follow that guy. He's so good at doing everybody's batting stance and swing. He's super talented. I'm going to tell you this right now. Uh, I think he's I think he's been slacking a little bit. Really? Yeah, I do. I think he's got a little bit of the original stance in the box down, but the swings haven't been that great here as of late. And what gets me is the goofy like running thing he does after he hits it. He's like he's always making weird moves as he's running down the base. Like well, Derek Dietrich struts down yes, the first and that's base. why he does. That's why he does it for that one. But there's one with like there was one of uh, of of Reggie Jackson, and he does some kind of like waddle weird. Like that's not that Reggie Jackson it, was an odd guy. Maybe he did that. I, I don't know. I'm but, just telling you, it's too it's too much. I get you. It's too I much. However, I do like the guy, yeah. and I do like that he laid down in the batting in the batter's box because it is what Derek Dietrich does. But he <laughs> but he owns it. My man owns it. Yes, and that's that's part of my problem. That's what I was getting at is he struts, he stands there and watches. He he uh he just has this aura about him, this kind of cockiness. It's not kind of. He's cocky. Okay. And I just don't like that. I just don't like that, and I think it's disrespectful in some cases. I don't think he hit 3 home runs yesterday, by the way. Yes. To bring his to bring his total to seventeen and to make six his last six before going into today's game. I'm not sure what he did this afternoon. Not good. After last night's game, his last six hits were home runs. That's ridiculous. He is on fire, by the way, which is terrific. I love that for for my Reds. Sure, I love he's he's hitting. Let's see, in the two, last two sixty two. Yeah, and in, in the last week, he's hitting. Okay, in the last week he's hitting 318. 
400 on base, though. I mean, he's he was already hitting pretty well. And six and home runs, seven on, home runs. Yeah, and on fire right now. He's on fire, great, and he's great. great, and you should love him. But I don't because of this because of this little extra swagger that I feel like he has. And because so I, I want to tell you something. I saved it for right this very second, and I've been really excited about it. Okay. I got a hold of Derek Dietrich on the tweet box. Okay. He is coming on the show next week. Good. Uh, our our cousin Tyler Roop, host of uh, host of the Cheap Seats yeah. on UCLA Radio, yeah. he got a hold of of Derek Dietrich. Did he really on on Twitter? Was it Twitter? I think it was Twitter today. Yeah. Yes. No, yesterday. Yesterday. And what happened of it? He said, "Hit a home." Der, uh, Tyler said, "Hit a home run for the for uh, us fans at UCLA." That guy hit three home runs that night. See, how can you not love a guy like that? By and the way, responded. I didn't. I didn't get a hold of him. I didn't get a hold of him. He's not coming on the show. Well, maybe you should but get I, a hold of him. Now I'm going to. Now you should get a hold of him, and I will. I will ask him, and maybe we can squash our beef. I would love to. I would love to see. You. I know you will squash the beef if he comes on, because you will back down and cower <laughs> like a like a little like a little. I don't know. Something like, like the opposite. You of will Barry fold like Trammell. a laundry. Like the opposite of Barry Trammell. You will not stand your ground. You will not. I know what's going to happen. Maybe, maybe I need to get our boy Bobby Nightingale Jr. to help us out and make this happen. But we are going to. We are going to. I want to get Derek Dietrich on the podcast. I want you to confront him, and I want to sit here and smile the whole time. You know something I found out about Derek Dietrich uh, yesterday that I did not know. What's that? From Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah. Went to Cleveland St. Ignatius. Oh, really? St. Ignatius guy. Athletic powerhouse. So he's uh, he's 29 years old. 29. He would not have. Been, he still wouldn't have been in high school when I was there because we played Ignatius Elder played Ignatius uh, twice when I was at Elder, I believe. Yeah, they've played him several times now. Um, but 29. So you're right. Early 20s. Um, <laughs> so he's in his early 20s. So he's just a kid. So he's just a kid. So I, a kid. I, I do. You're right. I still then. say I he's just. I need to give him a break then because he's just a kid. He doesn't know any better at this point. He's don't patronize all, me. He's <laughs> um, okay. So so I understand that maybe you don't see him as a kid. But if you're more than two I mean, years younger than me, you're a kid. He's kid, kid, a kid compared to me, I guess. Yeah, but, he is. But he's 29 years old, and he still has this. He's got his shirt way unbuttoned in this enormous gold Dude, chain. When you got pecs like that, back when hair, you got pecs like, like that, it's you would do it too. Ninety. Hey, you know what? You it works for him, don't it? It, it does it work for him? Does it work for not him? Not to me. It probably works for him with the ladies, maybe. I don't know. I don't even care about that. I'm just you... talking about my man gets up there, looks good, feels good, and has a good time doing it. Hey, if you if you look good, you play you're gonna play well, right? Who That's said right. that? Somebody said that. I forget who it was. Anyway, um as long as he keeps hitting and keeps playing well. I'm happy. I want to. I want to see if I can get Derek to get a come on to the podcast. I really do now. Now I'm going to. Can you direct message somebody on Twitter? How do I do that? Yeah, I. I or do we both have to, have to follow? I thought each they other. had to follow you too. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I we'll have to ask Tyler because Tyler got a hold of him. Maybe he. Fo- maybe he follows Tyler. Anyhow, uh, I love it, Derek. If you're listening, or if you ever listen. Feel free to get a hold of me at SickWitted on the tweet box. S-I-C-W-H-I-T-T-I-T. We want to have you on to squash the beef because it's the only way it's going to happen. You're going to have, and, and if this happens, if we can get Dietrich on the podcast and you guys 
quote unquote squash your beef because you're just too scared to stand up to him over the phone, then you're not allowed saying another word about Derek Dietrich ever again. Okay. okay that's a promise. That's the deal. Um and this beef, by the way, yeah. is the same beef as Drake Giannis because I'm Drake and he's Giannis because he <laughs> he has no idea about the beef. He has nothing to do with it. It's just my beef, really. Exactly. Um, I just want the guy to show a little bit of humility and respect to the game and the folks that he's playing against, and uh, and I'll be happy. And then c- continue playing the way you're playing. Which brings us to real quick. I just want to say that uh, speaking of Tyler Roop, Noseweeds, uh, or, or, or I'm sorry, uh, Cheap Seats podcast at UCLA Radio, I got to give it up to him. Uh, a new phrase. I thought I knew every baseball phrase there was. My man pimps the nuke every time. He, every time he pimps the nuke. Tyler, such a millennial. Love, He's in his early twenties, just like Dietrich. Every and, time uh, I hit a nuke, every time I hit a nuke, I'm gonna pimp it out. Okay. <laughs> All right, yeah, we need uh we need we need these millennials like Tyler Roop to come on here and uh tell us old guys about what the what Listen, the I can, I can, are. I could throw some I could throw some old school baseball stuff at you all day long, but Pimp the Nuke is my new favorite one. <laughs> and he and he also has coined a new nickname for Derek Dietrich. Did you see that? I did. Derek Double Dinger Daddy Dietrich. <laughs> That's I love that's alliteration. A fi- that's a five D. I love alliteration. That's a five D. So I'll, I'll take that, I guess. It's, it's not a it's double pretty, D. It's, it's not a triple D or quad D. It's a it's a five D. Is it an octa D? <laughs> it's an octa D. No, that's eight. Oh, is it? It's uh qu- it's uh Derek Double Dinger Quinn, Daddy. Quinn? Quintuplets is five, isn't it? I don't know. Yeah, it's a quint D. Quint D. It's a quint D. Oh, Derek Double Dinger Daddy Dietrich pimping every nuke. Ugh. Love it. I'm getting excited right now. All right, here okay. we go. You and Tyler continue your love fest some other time right, with Derek Dietrich. But we do want – I mean, that brings us right brings into – Brings us right into the Reds. Right, right. And, and we're starting there with the MLB triple play this week, our three big things about Major League Baseball. We're going to just go ahead and cover the Reds because we live in Cincinnati. We are lifelong Reds fans. That's just going to be part of it. Um so far, and we talked to Bobby uh, Bobby Nightingale about this last week. So far, the pitching's been terrific. Yep. The hitting has not been there. In the last week, week and a half, something like that, two weeks maybe, they finally started hitting. Most of the guys have finally picked it up a little bit at the plate. They're finally starting to hit. In the last, at least in the last seven games, now Vado's missed the last few and he's supposed to be back, I believe. Is it weekend. an injury that we've got with Vado, or are they just letting him sit out and take a little break, a little breather? It's it's an injury. There's um, what was it? There was something that was nagging him. I I don't think Good. it was anything that he had to be out for and, sure. And he's been hot lately too. Yes. My man's been hitting like 420 over the past two weeks. 556 over the last seven. After the last over the last seven games, which he only played four. So after so, over his last four games. 556 he's on base 55 percent of the time he's bumped his he's bumped his batting average up from 209 to 240 242 something yeah, like that right um besides and besides vado you have senzel he's hitting 344 in the still last strikes week. out too much but he's a rookie understandable but he is mate when he is making contact he's making good contact good contact uh and really hitting the ball well correct tucker barnhart is hitting 333 in the last week. Poor guy's still uh, 
under is he below the under two hundred? Is he still hitting he, on the on the uh, on the interstate? Yes, yes, the Mendoza line. Yeah, he. Uh, but he's hit three thirty three in the last seven games. Kurt Casale's been there. Jesse Winker has picked it up a little bit. He was hitting like two twenty one last week, I want to say, um, and he's hitting three twenty in his uh, yeah three twenty in the last seven games. Dietrich's hitting three eighteen. Uh, Puig, what's that? Go ahead. What's oh, sorry. Puig doing? What's sorry. my what's my favorite? How great is it that Puig's not even the the conversation point at this point <laughs> on the Reds? <laughs> Puig is yeah, that's true. For for the flair and the dramatic stuff, yeah, he's most known for. Right, he's not the most the most not dramatic on this team. flamboyant guy in the team. Um, but anyway, yeah. So so he's picked it up a little bit. He's his average is still way down there. Poor Jose Peraza just can't get it going. Peraza can't get it going. And unfortunately that brings me to what I want to say about Scooter Jeanette coming back. Scooter Jeanette's traveling with the team now and he's and he's uh taking infield and and doing a little bit more and they're thinking another two or three weeks and he might be back. Hmm. In that case in that case Peraza at this point in time might be the odd man out. And he's supposed to be the future of this infield. Yes. And it's gonna be You're not taking Iglesias out. You can't. You can't take Iglesias out. The guy's hitting like 520 with runners in scoring position. It's and, silly. And he's your best defensive player, probably, period. Yeah, probably. And then, you know, uh, and, and you ha- you've already got a four-headed monster in the outfield right now uh, with Sinzel, Winker, Dietrich, and Puig. Mm-hmm. Uh, those guys are all going to stay. you got Philip Irvin, who, could, who should be – I mean, that guy, every time he comes up, it hits the heck out of the ball. Mm-hmm. It's it's at the point now where who when when Scooter comes back who's gone Scooter I mean had a run at an MVP year yeah he did uh, for most of the year he did um, it does seem like to me like Peraza at least right now now in the next two or do or they three get weeks rid of one of their long? three catchers Farmer Casale I mean Farmer can play everywhere I know but but Farmer Casale and Barnhart are all there do, do, does Casale get dropped down because Farmer's been hitting the ball great too. When yeah, he but, gets a chance to play. But he hardly ever catches. He's basically kind of like an emergency catcher. So I don't know that you want to put him into that backup role because Tucker Barnhart's not going to catch every single day. You know, it's not – you don't want to have him and an emergency catcher. So you so, have Casale. So then – so so is Farmer the odd man out? Who's the odd man out in this situation? I think he's too valuable because of his his ability to play bench. so many different positions. And his bat know? off the bench. He's, one right. of, he's going to be your best bat off the bench right now. I, you know, <laughs> except for maybe, maybe uh, Jared Lorenzen. I keep calling him Jared Lorenzen. I'm going to throw myself Michael. through a window, Michael Lorenzen. Michael. I have no idea why I keep doing that. That's okay. I mean, their bodies couldn't be more opposite. But, uh, but, so but weird. Jared Lorenzen. Uh, he was. <laughs> what was he? The hefty lefty. <laughs> yeah. The hefty I lefty. So. I have no idea what I'm doing. Uh, go on YouTube and watch former, Jared Lorenzo. quarterback, yeah, of yeah, the Kentucky Wildcats. Go and on YouTube arena and teams watch and him in the Arena League a couple years ago. He's on a green team, and he's just a monster. He's like 400 pounds, and he's and he's awesome. He's an awesome quarterback. Yeah, yeah. He can he's still it. good for an Arena League guy who <laughs> plays, you know, whatever. Anyway, uh, so uh, the team's finally starting to The team's to finally starting to hit. Okay, so, so now we've got – this is what we've wanted all year. We keep talking about it. So now it's time. The Reds need to run off seven or eight, and they're right there. I mean, they're five games out of out of first place right now. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's not bad. Now you got to jump four teams. Right. And that that is what it is. But really, all it takes is one game, and you're in second place. And right now, those other four teams 
are struggling a little bit. The Reds are 5-5 five and five in their last 10. That's the best record in their last 10 of anybody in this division. Yeah. Everybody else is 4-6 four and 3-7. 4-6, 4-6, 3-7, and 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 yeah. So, but, but still, and they're still six games out. I apologize. They're six games out right now. But they've got to go on a streak. You can't just keep going 500. Every time it seems like they're right there. Like, same thing with when, when they got uh, to, to get to three games under 500. They were 0-8 this year when they were four games under 500 with an opportunity to get the three. 0-8. Now, they finally broke that and did it the other night and then lost again today. They just keep – they have these great wins and, 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 and they're fun games, and then they end up being – they end up going 500. Like you're playing the first-place Cubs. You hit you, – you get the first two, you have an opportunity, and you end up splitting. You, 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 every time there's an opportunity out there, they're just splitting. I, they've got to win – They've got to take more series. They need to go on some kind of four, five, six game streak and win a couple series on the on on either bookend it with a couple series wins. And this team really does have an opportunity at a wild card or a at, probably more at a, at a division right now because the Cubs are struggling. They are, and they they really are still in the thick of a wild card spot. Like right now, they're four games under 500, but there's there aren't very many other teams in the in the National League that are running away with anything. The Dodgers are 36 and 19; they're the best team in the National League. Philadelphia is 10 games over 500. Everybody else is like five games above 500 or less. Right. The Reds are four games under, but that's really not that, especially because the, the, one of the most amazing stats, and I think I think Bobby may have mentioned it last week, but they are. 26 and 30 and they are a plus 36 run differential. It's unbelievable. That I, I mean that that's second best in the division. Yeah. And, and Pittsburgh is 27 and 27 and they're 63 runs less than than they've given up and they're 500. It's it's odd. That's that's the that that shows you a young pitching staff though because when they get beat they get beat like the Reds did to them the other night 11 to 4 or 11 to 6 or whatever it was and it should have been less than that. Because they left Sims in, who pitched a phenomenal game mm-hmm. for his first ever big league start and ended up giving up a grand slam in the eighth, which the fact that he made it eight innings, one, on this team with, with Bell as, a, as your manager is amazing. Two, maybe that goes to show why Bell takes him out when he does because he got to that and, and gave up a grand slam is what it is. It, it didn't hurt. They lost. They won eleven six. But that's the thing. You're losing. You're you're losing by five six runs when you're getting your losses, and they're only winning by one or two. Yeah. So that that can't hold up to me. That can't hold up. Pittsburgh can't hold up playing that way. We're a third. We're a little over a third of the way in. The Reds are going to jump them, and the Reds are hitting so well right now. This this number could even go up, and if it does go up, the Reds are can only get better. There's a there's, I don't know if it's really an advanced statistic, but an expected win-loss, which is based on the run differential, essentially, what your record should be based on that. Right. The Reds are 32-24, and 24, expected win-loss record, which would be the best record in the division. There you go. They just have to figure out, like you said, how to put it together at the same time and how to get a little win four out of six, six out of eight, Eight out of ten. They've got yes. to go on one of those streaks, and they have to make sure they're beating the in uh, the the in division rivals. They have to beat the Cubs, the the Brewers, the Pirates, 
and the Cardinals. They have to beat the. They split a four game. These series teams with, all beat up on each other. Yeah. we're all beating up on each other right now. But that is but exactly want, what needs to happen. You want to gain ground yep. in this division. You got to beat them when you play. And and you also have to beat the teams that you're expected to beat. They're 17 and 24 against teams under 500. Mm-hmm. That's not. You can't be a good team and lose to teams more often than not that are not good teams. They've got to get it together. I, you know, they're trending in the right direction, though. That's that's the theme here. They're trending in the right direction because they're starting to hit. And as long as they're the pitching, I mentioned it last week. I didn't think, or maybe two weeks ago, I don't know that the pitching is going to stay this good all year. Maybe they're not going to be the best, one of the best two or three uh, staffs in the league. As long as they stay like in the top 10, top eight, something like that, and then get back up to maybe a top 10, top 12 offense, that's where, I, I mean, I think they're going to be good. I think they're, they are going to yeah. start winning a lot more games and go on one of those runs. We just have to see it. It, it, just, it just has to happen. On that note, on that note, let's switch on to, to, to number two of the triple play. Uh, I'd, like to, I'd like to go over our friend uh, in L.A. Cody Bellinger is having a year for the ages. He currently would win the Triple Crown at this moment in time. He's tied for with tied for first uh, in RBIs, but he's leading the league. I'm sorry, no, he wouldn't. He's one behind Christian Yelich on the home run mark. Uh, Yelich's got 21. He's got 20. However, I mean, he's right there. This kid is having a. He's hitting 382. 382. I mean, he's on a George Brett type year going mm-hmm. right now. I mean, he he continues this, and he's got an opportunity to flirt with 400 first guy since Ted Williams. I mean, this is mm-hmm. ridiculous. Now, 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 we are way early in the season to yes. talk about that, and I probably shouldn't even bring that up. However, 382 at this point in time is really good. Is. So this kid's having a year of all years, and I believe there are some crazy stats. Uh, out there that get really historic and put him with some names that probably shouldn't be with, but at the same time, how can you take him out of the? You can't take him out of the situation, out of the conversation. We know all the hitting stats. You just said he's leading all of baseball in hits, second in home runs, first in RBIs, batting average, on base, slugging. He leads all of baseball in all of those categories. The guy also has a rifle arm in right field. He, Absolute cannon. He leads. He also leads major league right fielders in assists. He has thrown seven guys out. Next highest is four. He's almost doubled the second place guy. It's ridiculous. He is the first player since Babe Ruth did it in 1932 to have 19 home runs, seven outfield assists in the first 52 games. Wow. That is – he's just doing since it from – bo- Since what year? Since 1932. Hmm. Look it up because I could be wrong. No, I, I believe you. I just uh, – I mean, the he hit – It is 1932. Yeah. That's – any look, any time, like you said, it is early. It's early, but we're almost a third of the way. When your name gets put in the same sentence as Babe Ruth, it's uh, it's automatically something ridiculous. It's something ridiculous, and I, it's just it's fun to see every single day, even if you're just watching ESPN or watching a sports channel, and you have the scroll across the bottom, the, the you know the the box scores or whatever come up, and they give you the elite, the hitting leaders and the winning pitcher and losing pitcher and all that kind of stuff. 
it's so rare to not see Cody Bellinger two for four, three for four, Babe Ruth home was, run. Babe Ruth was Babe Ruth was at the end of his career in 1932. That's how good he was. He was. Pi- that's what I thought. I thought the assist I'm, thing was I'm, weird because I think of him as a pitcher. No, you don't. Well, you think of him as a right fielder, but I don't think of him as at the end of his career. Just think of him being just a home run hitter and a big fat guy. Mm-hmm. I don't think of him as as being a fielder at all, really. <laughs> to be honest, I didn't either. So I, I, I'm thinking that that maybe that happened like in. I'm I'm thinking that that would be in the 20s when you know he was you know part of the one of the best lineups in all of baseball was in 1927 or whatever yep. when you know uh murderers row but i just i don't think of at the end of his career of him being a fielder but god that's amazing it is that's ridiculous it is and, that guy and, babe ruth was amazing a career 342 hitter 700 that, that's just unbelievable <laughs> he's unbelievable it is and it's weird because he you know such a different time then and you know, you didn't have – baseball wasn't integrated yet. So what was his competition? He was playing, I'm sure, against the I best. Listen, I understand that. At the same time, he was Those numbers so are much, ridiculous for him. He was era. so much better yes. than every other person in that era. It's not even funny. I yeah. mean, he's not – it's not even close. And those – the records that he has have stood the test of time, and they he really is – he really probably is as good as advertised. I I was for a long time wanted to call him a little overrated, but what every time? Yeah, every time wow. you go, every time I go back and look at numbers, and you see every time somebody has just a ridiculous couple weeks or something like that, it gets put in the conversation. It, it, with you one see person. what Babe Ruth did. Yeah. His name is in it, just like in just like Wilt Chamberlain in yep. basketball. Like every sure. streak, every incredible every crazy stat that you can't you don't think can be broken is pro is had by one of those guys. yes yes so anyway uh good for cody bellinger i i would love to see the guy stay right in the 380s maybe 390 ish and and then see if he can get to the end of the year you got to be you got to be at like three you're gonna have to be 394 you're gonna have to be around 394 going into the last month to have an opportunity at it. And then you're still going to have to hit like 420 in that last month. I mean, you think about how many at-bats you got throughout the year. You got to be pretty high. You got to be close to really put yourself in a position to have a month to break it. Yeah. To get to 400. That's not, dude, I'm telling you right now, I don't know that anybody will ever hit 400 again. And, and this is so early in the season to even talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I hate doing stuff like that. Maybe at maybe when when the All Star Game's over, which isn't even halfway through the year, maybe we start talking about it then. But at this point in time, just just still just to think about four hundred right now with how many strikeouts and how <clears throat> how the base hit really is not worth what people have made it worth forever. It you know it's about scoring runs and hitting the long ball. So there's more strikeouts, more flyouts, <clears throat> blah blah blah. To think that somebody can lead the league in home runs, or 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 be in the top two or three in home runs, and and flirt with that four hundred number is, um, it's it's Albert Pujols like mm-hmm. in the early prime of his career. It's Mike Trout esque. I mean, there's, I can think of of literally two or three guys that hit could could put together a year like that 
when they were in their prime or at any time that are that are playing right now. I or or ever. Obviously, he's in a in a, in the conversation with Babe Ruth in that case. So he's 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 going at an all time pace right now. We'll see if he can sustain it. Um, most certainly, unless barring some injury or something like that. The guy's going to be an all-star, of course. He will be an all-star. And that gives us an opportunity to bring up the third thing. In the unless, of play. course, you know, unless, of course, the fans screw it up like they've been known to do in the past. However, uh, I really have not heard about this. So the third part of the triple play continue because this is something I know nothing about. You've read an article. There's a new way that we are voting for an all-star game yes. for in the Major League Baseball, which uh, might we've had this conversation for yes. two years now on this podcast. We hate all-star voting in every aspect of it. Sounds like the the Major League Baseball is trying to do something about they're that. They're trying to do something about it is right. Um, so they're they're. what's strange is I, I kind of don't want to like it because they're setting it up like an election, <laughs> and I just can't stand politics so much. But the, what they're calling – so Anytime you're voting for anything, it's complete – it's it's as it's, political as yeah, it gets. Yeah, that's true. But uh, so, but they're actually calling it. So the first part, which is going on right now, started yesterday, May 28th, and this goes on. You have a chance to vote for the All-Stars starting yesterday through June 21st, okay? This is called the primary. So it is just like an election. This is called the primary where you have an opportunity to go in, you fill out the All-Star ballot just like you always do. Now, there are a couple different ways you can do this, though. You can go to MLB.com. You can get on the app, Bad App. However you, any Major League Baseball avenue, you get on there, get the get the uh, ballot, and you vote like normal. Right. Vote for, for one guy at each position in each league, three outfielders, fine. You can also, though, they have partnered with Google this year, where you can get on, the, on Google, type in, search for... You can get a Google ballot by by searching for several different things, MLB All-Star voting, MLB ballot, whatever. It'll bring you up a ballot right there. Click on it, start voting. Or you can type in vote and a certain player's name. I was just you don't even have to do that. I just typed in Cody Bellinger and it popped up and said vote for Cody Bellinger. There you go. So you can do that. You can you can select, you can vote for 17 different individual players and they and you don't doing it that way and you don't have to follow the um the position guidelines. You can vote for 17 short stops each day. By the way, you get uh I believe it's 5. You get 5 votes. Five. You can fill out five ballots each day, okay. or seventeen individual. different individual different players each day, um, through the primary, which again ends June twenty first. Once that's over on June twenty first, the top three vote getters at each position and the top nine in the outfield in each in each league. I kind of like this. I kind of like it too. Move on to the starters election is what they're calling it. Okay. The starters. Election. I still feel like you're you you still are putting it all in the fans' hands. You are, which I'm not 100 percent great with. I agree with that. Uh, and now you're just doing it down, doing the, but you are taking the top three vote getters, which one of those three is probably going to be the guy who deserves it, yes. and then you're not letting any other minutia garbage vote getters get to take away when you're getting closer 
to the end voting. So I do kind of like this. It's it's a step in the right direction. Exactly. It is it is a step in the right direction. Now, once the starters election starts, that uh so that starts on June 26th. Wednesday, June 26th at noon, and it only lasts until the very next day, June 27th, at 4 o'clock. So you have 28 hours to vote. And the top three vote-getters in each position, the numbers start all over. Everybody starts at zero again. So you're, you're, the, the votes that you get in the primary, you can vote for Adam Schmidt, and, and I, can, I can beat out Chris Witt at shortstop by... 900 million votes, but we're both in the top three. Chris Witt can beat me out by one vote. Even though I have 900 million more votes, he's the all-star starter. He's the all-star starter. So so you vote then for 28 hours. You get one chance, by the way. Wow. One, really? one vote, one ballot. During per, that per IP hours. address or per what? I mean, how do probably, they know? yeah, probably, yeah, probably per email I address. Vote, uh, well, so, well, not even. I mean, is it going to be like this where I can just jump on Google and click? Oh no, it's going to. This will be actual full ballot. Yes. Yeah. This isn't going to be the individual deal. Correct. So, we'll have 28 hours to then vote between the top three guys at each position, top nine in in uh, the outfield. There will be no more final vote. No more final vote. So all of the all of the reserves and the pitchers are selected by the players and managers. Good. Good. Let's Which get everybody who deserves to be in there yes. on the team. Totally I like agree. It. I, like it. Totally no, agree. I mean that's kinda how it goes anyway, but yeah, I, I'm I'm good with that. Yes. Um so that's essentially that's it. But you have the you have a very limited time once the once the primary is over. And the starters election voting begins. You got to get on there on Wednesday night or whenever. That's when I'm going to have to do it. Make it happen. And, and we can do, it we'll happen. do it right here on the show. Let's do it. We'll do it on the show. Let's let's do a live vote right on the show. Sometime in July, or January or June. June, June, June 26th. Oh, that's not good. I'm going to be in. Uh, I'll be in Myrtle Beach on June 26th. Okay. We can still do it on the show because we'll 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 do a live. We're I'll, still going to do the live show. So I'll, we'll we'll do it the same way. I'll probably do it from my house, and you'll call in. and Exactly, and, and we'll still make it happen. And I have internet access at my house, unlike here. <laughs> I don't know why my internet, I, you're, 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 I mean, we, it's something we're able to do, to do with, all this. with my computer, I think, uh. because my phone gets it fine. Okay. Anyway, uh, so that, that, but like you said, I, I, I agree with you. I, I'm with that. I, I, it's a step in the right direction. Now, I agree again with you in that. We need to take another step at some point in the direction of taking at least some of the voting out of the fans' hands for starters. To do that, how do you do that? Do you? I mean, do you, is there a customer service number you can call? I don't think there is, but it's funny you say that because Chris, have you been? You, I'm sure everybody's been in this situation. You have some sort of issue with something. You have to call. A customer service line. I used to be to a customer service rep at a bank. So you know all about angry customers. Oh, yes. People who have no patience. The, people the, who have gotten the runaround before they spoke with you from somebody else you work with, maybe. Yeah. That's who, usually how it is. It's it's usually I get uh, you would get I would get somebody passed off to me. Mm -hmm. And the more angry you are, 
the more happy I get. <laughs> and the more smile on the other side of the phone and the nicer I am to you. I wish I could have been there and just watched you work in that position. Oh, I loved every because second of I, it. I bet, I bet you would be so good at that because you can you can uh you are such a such a nice guy and such a you know, uh, you can really always, but. you can really make you can really make people's day cuz you're so you're so positive. But you can be you can be a little bit of a troll with it too, right? Oh, 100%. Right? Yeah, troll, yeah, yeah. Or facetious or or you know, right. sarcastic, whatever the word might be. But you try to make it seem to them oh, like yeah. and it's a little game you're playing in your head, a little yeah. cat and mouse with how them. Much, how much can I get away with? <laughs> right. Always with a smile on my face. Yes. Um, so it was funny. I, I, I did get to listen in on, um, a person that I work with, uh, oh, who was nice. in the, who was in the office next to me today. Do they the listen phone. to the podcast? I do not believe they listen to the podcast. Boy, I hope not. Um, <laughs> they're about to know you was listening in. Or? If, if they, uh, well, I mean, she didn't close her door to her office, which you should have done in that case, but oh, yeah, that is what it is. Um, her office is right next to the one I was working out of today. So, she was on the phone really upset about – she was nice at first, but she was on the phone for like over an hour and talked oh, to three or four different people. Oh, man, that's and not And the good. first guy get really messed things up for her even worse. So <laughs> she, It's usually what happens. Yeah. Is the first person you get is some rum-dum who's never – doesn't even really know what's going on, and they tell you something incorrect. And now the next person on the phone – has to tell you what's actually correct. Yes. And my favorite thing was always, I apologize that we told you that. That was incorrect oh. information. We should never have. Real Russell, Russell Westbrook, uh, we're a team. Don't separate us. 100%. Okay. 100%. Hey, we screwed up. Let me fix this for you. You're a team player. I'll tell you what. I got no problem. I, I'm not throwing anybody under the bus. That ain't going to happen. Good for you. Yeah, I'll throw anybody under the bus. Good for you. It's so funny, though, when you get to – now, it's it's pretty unpleasant when you are the person that has to call. Oh, you're I've getting the runaround. You're getting the runaround, and it's tough. It's, it's, it's easy to fall into the, okay, I'm getting impatient here. I need something fixed, and these people are not helping me do that. Or it's way more work, or it's way more difficult than it, it should be, or right. you know something's not working out, and you go over and over and over. Um, my 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 dad <laughs> deals oh, yeah. with that stuff a lot of times. Oh, you know, yeah. he's had so many instances where he's been on the phone so many times trying to get something worked out that wasn't correct on a bill or uh, uh, yes. a password that's that's not working now or something like that. And uh, it's just so funny to observe it from an outsider's perspective. Sure. But really tough to be in that situation yes. on the phone. But w w funny, probably, for the person who is on, <laughs> who the, is other on the other line. The I, don't know, if it, I don't know if that's true because where, where I worked, there was maybe two people like me. No, no, everybody else, like, there were people get nasty with you. They yeah. get nasty with the customers. Now, on the other hand, have you ever gotten nasty with a customer service rep? I don't feel like I have. I've probably gotten a little bit on the frustrated side. Irritated. But I'm so aware of people in any service yeah, industry or sure. anybody like that in that job. I'm so aware of what it probably is like for them and how awful people must be to them all the time that I don't want to be lumped into with the, with the rest of the people. People are awful to them 
all the time. I, it's, they're completely awful to when I was doing it. They're awful all the time, and a lot of people can't take that. Now, this is tell me, I bet this is how you are because this is uh, this is kind of what I do. Is the whole like if I if I feel a little bit of agitation, first off, I don't try to. I I, I never I never yell or scream or anything like that. Sure. But the whole time is listen. I'm not mad at you. I just want you to know that I'm not upset with you. I, I'm upset with the way that this is going down. Mm-hmm. But it's always I want to make sure you know this is nothing against you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but uh, those people hear that I feel like enough where they're like, I don't you're think you're saying they do, that no, to be nice. They don't hear that enough. You don't no, think so? no, no, no. Okay. Normally, it's you did this, you yeah. did this, you did this. People don't have very good critical thinking skills. It's just not. It, people are easily. It's it's such a self-serving world. I, I feel like in, in a culture now, especially now, that it's just so easy. You know, everything you get, everything immediately that you want, pretty much all the time. Right. So when that something like that doesn't work out, now it's devastating, right, uh-huh. for people, and people don't know how to handle it. it they don't. They don't know crazy. how to handle it because they feel like it should just be done for them. Yes. Well, your customer service take care of it. Well, you know, you kind of had to do some things. You you kind of had a little bit of uh, some of this stuff happened because of what you did there. You have boy. the problem for a reason. Yes. You're calling me for 90% help because of the you time, have a problem. 90% of the time, it's something that person did. Yeah. And, and that's when I call, when I have to, to be in that situation or something, I that's another thing I try to do is think, okay, and I'll even tell them, like, you know, I'll even start it that way. Like, hey, look. I have this issue. I try to explain it to them. This is what I've is, done. Is, yeah. Is this, what am I missing? Yeah. Is this exactly? What am I missing? Is this something I'm doing wrong? Right. What can I do to, to fix this or whatever? Yeah. Not, you know, you need to fix this right now. It's, you know, your company's whatever. Oh, uh, customer service reps. It, yeah. CSRs. CSRs. Mm. CSR. It's a tough, tough gig. Job. It's a tough gig, man. That's why there's so much turnover in that mm-hmm. line of work. And probably and don't get prob- paid enough. Probably why I don't do it anymore. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You, uh, you, you were probably excellent at that and you're probably even more excellent at the job you do now, which is sales because of the same kind of thing. I used to, you're a people person. Well, I don't you, know about You're great at communicating but. with people and making them feel, feel, uh, welcome and comfortable and that kind of thing. So then you slip in the, man, Hey, making, I got this. You're making me blush over this, here. I got dude. this lumber for you. you know, know I'm such a that. nice guy. You're going to buy this. I don't know if it's going to buy this particle board from me. I know nothing about <laughs> what you sell. So I just said particle board. Um, <laughs> no. Close. Anyway, let's, let's finally get to it. Okay. NBA fans. I know it's here. Tyler, if you're still hanging with us, all, you know, the people who are big NBA fans, we're ready. We're ready to dis- to discuss. Look, I I really finals. don't think there's a ton to go over here. I feel like okay. I feel like the 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 first games tomorrow night, Thursday night, uh, next week we'll have a ton. It's gonna pro- we'll probably lead the show off with the NBA finals. Uh, but right now, you know, we're kind of at this point. And 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 correct me if I'm wrong on this. I feel like everybody's talking about Kawhi right now. Kawhi, 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 Kawhi. When when the Warriors got done sweeping uh, Portland, it was all Steph, 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 Steph. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, six, seven days go by, five, six days go by. Now Kawhi's the guy. So it's all about Kawhi. We're, we're definitely a in-the-moment kind of people. So now all of a sudden it's like, man, this is a team that can beat them. This is a team that can beat the Warriors. Whereas four or five days ago, 
that you ain't beating the Warriors. Nobody's beating the Warriors. Right. But we didn't get to see the Warriors for a while. We got to see Kawhi. Kawhi, who is, it, it's it's it's. It, I don't even want to say this is the Raptors. It's Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard, and the rest of the Raptors. Either way, I still think this is Golden State with KD. Without KD, we know he's not playing in game one or two. He did travel with the team. Hopefully he sits right next to Drake. Uh, But I don't know, man. I don't know how, you know, until this thing gets in, it's really just us saying what we think is going to happen. It is. By the way. Oh, yeah, that's what we do on this, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what we do. That's exactly what we do. By the way, you mentioned, you know, Golden State swept uh, swept, uh, Portland and then – you know what? Toronto swept Milwaukee. They won four straight games. It was after losing the it first two. It was after losing the first two. But they, but they beat did. them four straight games. Milwaukee had not lost three straight games, three consecutive games all year long, and they lost four in a row there. I couldn't have been more wrong about that. I mean, I thought Milwaukee was going to win this series in five or six. I believe I said uh, Raptors in six. You said, yeah, you did pick the Raptors. I know that. I'm pretty sure. sure I said Raptors in six. You did pick. We should have bet. That would have been your first I win. I said they were going to take three. They were going to take game three. <laughs> um, yes. So. the Holy cow. <laughs> we've got a Parker Witt. We've got a Parker Witt uh, coming in. Yeah, buddy. Go ahead and talk about it. I'm going to I'm going to take care. I'm going to take care of uh, the dog and the boy came into the studio. Nice. So you, you continue it. to talk. Talk <laughs> NBA finals. Parker and Luna Witt. Okay, so we did get sweeps in the two conference finals, right? Now we go on to, and and Chris is right, we're talking Kawhi as being the best player in the league right at this moment, and right at this moment I agree with that. We've known about his defensive ability for since he's been in the league. Uh, I saw a video just yesterday from – the uh, finals in, was it 2004, 15, something like that. Um, Kawhi, I think Kawhi's rookie year. LeBron's at the free throw line for Miami. Substitution after the first free throw. He looks back at the at the table. Kawhi's entering the game. LeBron looks forward and gives this big grimace like, oh, man, because Kawhi was coming back in the game as a rookie. Kawhi Leonard gives Everybody, no matter how good they are, gives them problems when he's on defense, they're on offense. He has now turned himself into one of those top elite offensive players as well. He can shoot the ball. He can get his own shot. He can come off of screens. He can. He's, he's a pretty good passer, actually. I think maybe a little underrated as a passer. Kawhi Leonard is is on fire right now as a player like nobody else in the media among fans this is going to be really interesting because he got he got some support Kawhi was hobbled a little bit during a few of those games during most of that series actually and he had to get Norman Powell Fred Van Vliet uh um Pascal Siakam yeah. All these guys, Kyle Lowry. Fred Van Vliet, seven, seven bombs in that game he seven. Did. Or he did. Or game six. He's really, and he really played well in, in those last two or three games. Now, he, they're going to have to get that same, they're going to have to get those same uh, contributions from their, from the supporting cast. 
I don't think against this team, Kawhi is going to be able to carry 90% of the load like he has a lot of the year, right? Um, and and I, I, I hate to keep saying stuff like that because they really have they really have a good bench. They have other good players who have stepped up and, and played well. It's it's just the Warriors are a different team. Yeah. And, and they're a different team, like you said, with with or without KD. It it's going to be like two different types of teams. They, they can be are. two different types of teams, and at the same time, both those two types of teams can be the best team you'll see all year. They are the two best teams in the league. Yes. The Warriors with, are the two best KD. teams in the league. Right. <laughs> so, um, and, and, and speaking of KD, that's been the big thing, too. Is he coming back? They've already said he's out for game one. He's probably going to be out for game two. We'll see what happens in game three, four, five, six, seven, if necessary. But we keep talking about whether Durant's going to be back in these finals or not. Mm -hmm. We have forgotten about DeMarcus Cousins, who it sounds like is going to be back possibly for game one. Wow, really? I didn't yes. even think about that. But does that is that good for him? Is he is he quick enough to get up and down the court uh, as their big man? I mean, I guess who who's he who's he replacing? Who would he who would he re be replacing? It's not going to be Draymond. Draymond no. uh, is is you're not going to replace their point guard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's I don't know, man. They brought in Andrew Bogut to to after after and he's uh, definitely going to be faster than Bogut. For and sure, he can shoot better than Bogut. Uh, and sure. he can back a guy down better than Bogut. I mean, he's all around better than Andrew Bogut. However, before he got hurt, he really wasn't playing a ton of minutes. He was still only playing maybe 20 minutes a game or maybe right. even less than that. So I I, I think he's probably going to go back to that same role. Maybe he'll start. I'm not sure. I can see him maybe not starting at first. And then if he plays well in the minutes he gets, maybe he starts or whatever, but still only plays – 18 to 20, 22 minutes or something like that. And it depends, like you say, it depends on how they play, how he meshes, the way they're playing right now. Seth Curry, by the way, another beef that Kevin Durant has, has right now. Seth Curry said after that series, they're tougher to guard without Kevin Durant it's, because they move so much more. Yeah. They move faster. They move more. It's more difficult to guard that team without Kevin Durant. Is it going to be the same deal with Boogie Cousins? Is is he going to make is he going to make it a little easier? No, I don't. I don't know. I think Boogie's. I think. I think. I think we, he's seen enough and heard enough and has seen how this team's played without him. I would hope, and he's able to play that type of basketball where he can go down low and distribute or be the be the open man, set screens, do his thing, and still get a few shots. I think he can do that way better than KD can. I mean, KD's proven that, you know, they, they do it every now and then when he's on the floor, but for the most part, it doesn't happen. If he sets, if, if DeMarcus Cousins sets his ego aside and says, I am going to screen for 24 seconds of every shot clock for <laughs> for uh, Steph Curry and for Klay Thompson. You're going to get gonna, open dunks. You're going to get open shots. Exactly. I'm, if I get the ball, even in the post, I'm probably looking first for shooters and cutters, and then if I don't have anything there, then I may score. Right. Then I may dominate like I used to, and, and score down low. I may he can step out and shoot a jumper too, though. That's the thing. Yep. He can be part of that part of 100%, that offense. One hundred percent, he can. Um, so he doesn't have to make. He doesn't have to slow it down too much. It might slow down a little, but if he, like I said, if he lets that, if he lets his ego go, and he says, if I play the style. 
that fits with this team, which I can, mm-hmm. I, I think we're going to be really successful and I can be part of it and feel good about it even if I only play the 18 to 22 minutes. Right. So Rebound we, your butt off, defend your butt off, pass he, the ball, set screens. He's Like you said, though, I don't think he's going to see a ton of minutes. I think he'll see 15 to 20 minutes, maybe 25 in a game you know, towards the end. So, but 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 let's get to the actual the actual game. Kawhi's known as one of the best defenders, if not the best defender in in uh, the NBA. Now, what you need a lot of defenders against a team like Golden State, and it's going to wear you out playing a team like Golden State. He's shown that he can play defense on the best player and still play almost all of the game. And uh, yeah, Tyler Roop's funny, and you uh, <laughs> can play almost all of the game and still be able to play his game on offense. Although his legs are obviously given out. Now, is he going to be able one to be healthy? I mean, he's getting a ton of rest because the NBA is giving him like two weeks off in between. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he's going to get rest. Is he going? He's going to have to guard a combination of guys. He'll be on Steph. He'll be on Clay. He'll be on. He's going to play. You need him. He's your best defender. He's got to play their best guy. How, will that? Will him playing a team like Golden State that moves like Golden State at least in these first two games in Toronto? Will that affect him on the, his offensive side of the ball? I don't necessarily think so because, and I was I was saying this when you were uh, handling family business a minute ago. <laughs> yeah. Part um, of way, when you got the when the Rum Dum Studios in your basement, there's an <laughs> opportunity for the boy to come down at midnight. Family comes first. That's the way it is. Um, but no, I was saying that that's kind of what I was saying is he. We know about how good he is defensively. You just you just said maybe the best defensive player all around in the league. But he has turned himself into one of the best offensive players too. Sure, he, can, he because he can do everything. Mm-hmm. He can do everything on the court, which is why Steph uh, or, or KD is so dangerous because he can do everything on the court. Uh, but uh, whereas a lot of these other scorers, like we saw with Giannis, the reason a big reason why they were able to take care of 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 Milwaukee is because Giannis has got one thing that he does really well, and that's drive and dunk and finish strong at the basket, and they. Did not let him do that. And that's a big reason why they ended up winning those last four games. Partly for what Kawhi has done, but Kawhi can shoot the three. Mm-hmm. Kawhi can get at you. He's, for some reason, he he dunks with that left hand over people all day long. Mm-hmm. He finishes strong at the basket. And he loves the mid-range jumper. He's like an, an anomaly Which in I the love. NBA. He loves the mid-range jumper. I love and that. hits it consistently. Kawhi Leonard should be my favorite player in the league. He's one of them for sure because he plays so hard on defense. He dispels all those rumors from from people who don't really watch the NBA that much that yep. just say that still say after years and years they don't play defense in the NBA. If you watch Ka- Kawhi Leonard play, a lot of it is because his arms are so long and his hands are the size of my entire body. Um <laughs> Gets his he, hands on everything. Gets his but, hands on everything. Yeah, and he's a really he's a very smart, he's a very intelligent player. His basketball IQ, I have no idea what his regular real world IQ is because he doesn't talk. Yeah. But um <laughs> he his basketball IQ is super high. And he has Do you think there's a way in. to 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 test for that? 
basketball IQ, baseball IQ, football IQ. Is there a way to test it? Watch. <laughs> watch it? have Just other watch smart them. basketball and baseball people tell you. Tell you. <laughs> like that's a I smart wonder if they say uh, I'm, I'm it's like a 206. I, mean, I don't, I don't know, know what the scale a, is. Yeah, I don't know if there's a number. So maybe if the, if maybe like the, the scale is up to 207. Up to, up to 208? Sure. I don't know. Sure. Um, and do you count by uh, 10s, 20s, 1s? Well, it can't 16s? be 10s or 20s if the top's 208. Yeah. Unless you get eight points for getting your name right. Then you can go. Okay. See, then I then you're <laughs> right. Right. Uh, get off that because we're we're at an hour and a half already. Yeah. And uh, let's let's so we let's can, so let's figure it out. Let's talk about what we think is going to happen in this. Not what's going to happen, but how we we've kind of talked about what we think is going to happen about these two teams. The big parts of it, obviously, it's going to come down to Siakam, how he plays. It's going to come down to uh, Fred Van Vliet, who's played phenomenal so far in the postseason, or at least in the in the Eastern Conference Finals. Kyle it's Lowry's time to shine for real now. Now for real, exactly. We know what the what the other parts of Golden State are. We know what they are in Toronto, but we don't necessarily know if what they can do on this kind of stage. We've seen that they've got them here. Siakam struggled in a couple games. Lowry struggled in a couple games. Those are your next two guys on that team that are need to step up and play good every single game. I'm saying uh, I'm saying Golden State in five. I'm gonna give Toronto one of the one of the first two games in Toronto. They're just on a crazy high right now. I'm gonna give them one of the first two games in Toronto, but uh, I'm I'm saying I'm saying uh, Golden State in five. That's fair, and I'm I'm pretty close to that. But I'm gonna say Golden State in six. Just because I thought Milwaukee, I picked Milwaukee to beat Golden State in seven in the finals, and um, the Raptors uh, essentially swept. Basically, the, the the basically they won four straight. The, yeah, the the Bucks. So, um, you know, I, if if Golden State continues to play the way they played against Portland. It's it, it might be a short series, like you say. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm taking I'm gonna give just the way the Raptors have been playing the last few games and figured out how to beat who was the best team all year in basketball. Figured out how to beat at them the same, four times in a row. At the same time, though, uh, five bounces on a Kara- on a Kawhi uh, throw up fadeaway jumper in the corner, and they're not even here. Yep, you're right. So. That's hard to say when they could barely get out of the Eastern Conference semifinals. It took a you know a lucky. I'm gonna call it a lucky shot. I don't I don't think that it was lucky in the fact that he made it. I think it was lucky in the fact that a ball just doesn't do that on the rim. It, ba- in it normal. bounced several times. Yeah. yeah, you don't see that a lot. Anyway, uh, that's why I think in, in Golden State has shown throughout the entire playoffs that there's nobody that can play with them. And unfortunately, we forget about it, and we see all these other teams and all these other people do incredible things. But it's late in series; it's gone further than it should have, or something like that. Golden State is too good all around. I hate to say it because I love to see a really good, a really good NBA Finals, and you know, go seven and have fun and all that stuff. But this is going; they'll be lucky to get one, and I, I think they will. But that's what I say. That's your prediction for the games. What's your prediction for uh, how? Drake handles himself. Drake will be terrible. Drake is going to – this is going to be when it comes down. 
Drake's going to get a call after game after game one or two. He's going to go a little far too far overboard, or or Steph, or what's going to happen is Steph's going to come down and pull up from right in front of Drake <laughs> three straight times, and then do his little his little shimmy shake or whatever, or he's just going to do it and hit on that third one. He's going to put it up, not even watch it go in and just stare at Drake and run down the court. <laughs> Boom. Drake's got to shut up at that point. You can't say anything at that point, can you? Well, I mean, you can. If you if, if you lose, like, the first two or three games or something, he'll probably still be a little obnoxious. But you got to feel like if the Warriors have you down 2-0 or 3-0. Well, you're not going to see him. If, if they're down 3-0, you're not going to see Drake because they'll still be in Golden State. Yeah. He might go, though. He – I. I have a feeling he's not he sitting on the floor right next to right next to the bench. I can tell you that. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. He he's probably not. I guess up, he's got the money to up do it. Walking up and down the sideline. Right. And 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 uh, and giving walking on the floor. Nurse and, rub downs. And, yeah. And yeah. Yeah. And uh, Bob Kraft specials. Giving <laughs> a gentle kiss on the cheek or neck. Um, <laughs> I don't even know. Whatever whatever uh, Drake wants to do uh, to make. Nick Nurse feel comfortable during a game. <laughs> he does. I, he does. I'm not comfortable with that. But uh, anyway, it's going to be interesting to see because. So what do you got? Um, well, Warriors and six. But no, uh, I mean with Drake. With with Drake, I see something happening. I see um, Durant. If he's if Durant's on the bench, they might go back and forth from from afar. Um, or during timeouts, you know, the guys kind of walk onto the floor to greet the guys coming yeah. off, or whatever. Uh, Durant might say something to Drake. I want to see He'll a say fight. Let's back. just see a basketball fight one time because <laughs> with, of Drake. With <laughs> because of Drake. With a it, if, celebrity if it comes fan. down to Drizzy, and there's a basketball fight that goes down, Drizzy's gone. Yeah, it, it's not gonna, it's not gonna come to that. I can I call him that. Drizzy? You can call him anything you want. Is that what they call him? I mean, within I mean do, the bounds that, of 2019. Sure. Is that what they call him? I Isn't think so. Yeah. I think you're okay. right. I just want to make sure. Just yep. want to make sure. I think you're right. Um, I'm sure Tyler Roop has some other uh, some other oh, super nickname yeah. for him. Big, uh, like Big Derek Double Dinger Daddy Drake Dietrich pimping nukes all day long. <laughs> Gosh, I love that. All right, so on that note, so next week, ton of NBA because we will be two games in the first game's thursday saturday second game is sunday i think we'll be three games we in. might yeah maybe that third game it's might when, be on I think wednesday. wednesday yeah the wednesday. third game will be when we're on so yes. that'll be fun and exciting they'll be in golden state so they'll be playing late they'll be playing probably while we when we start which is difficult but it is what it is uh what are you praying for i i i was looking at the schedule uh the other day for the finals why in the world are you starting an East Coast game at nine o'clock? I don't understand. It that drives either. me insane. I don't know. I don't know. It's too late. Ugh. It's too late. I like when they they just not the just the other, you know they're starting games at nine o'clock on the West Coast, which is six o'clock. Why can't we start them at seven o'clock here? Thank I mean, you. I know it's five, but get home if you want to watch a game it's, <laughs> or listen to the first quarter. Yeah, if you want to start it at even eight here and it's five there. That's fine. You're not on the West. If you're on the West Coast, you're, if you're in that time zone, you're not going to the game. Right. You're going to have to find a place to watch it. On and TV. I'm sorry. If you're on the West Coast, it is what it is, brother. There's way more people on the East Coast than the West Coast, and we take precedent to you. I love you, L.A. <laughs> I love you, West Coast, but 
I'm here, so I take precedent. I don't need, and it, I don't even think it's that big a deal. It's still. I don't know. In the I would hate to. Ha- I would hate to have like if I if the Reds were in the World Series and it was a day and they they started their game <clears throat> at five o'clock. That would irritate me. But how in the hell am I gonna? I gotta get off work to watch this game. I gotta figure out a way. There's people that can't just leave work. They've got to be there. So people just like during the NCAA tournament, they'll figure out a way to watch it. Yeah, I guess that's if right. If you really, really want to. All right. So big time NBA next week. We'll be three games in. We'll have our triple play in baseball as always. Adam on the tweet box. How do we get a hold of you, brother? I'm at Adam Schmidt 44. Please send all of your Derek Dietrich love and uh, home run uh, videos. Anything you have that route. Uh, a copy Dietrich. Is it a copy or or, or ad or whatever? You, you tag him. You, tag. You, that's the word uh, I'm looking like for. That. Tag him. Tag Adam. Make sure the world knows about Adam and Derek Dietrich's beef. Even though there's no beef on his side, on Derek's side, it's <laughs> yeah. just Adam's side. Even though it's probably nearly not beef, but I like to have a little fun with my friend Adam here. Uh, so let us know. You catch me at Sick With It. We are the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. Wednesdays, 10:30. Um, on Facebook Live, you can catch it on YouTube, uh, iTunes podcasts, and, and iHeartRadio, <laughs> and all that other stuff. Thursday morning, check it out. We appreciate it. Uh, anything before we get out of here, brother? I'm all set. Have a great week, everybody. Have a great week. Enjoy the NBA Finals, and don't forget to turn your headlights on. <laughs>